Welcome, friends, to Kardec Radio. Here we are with another program, Lifting Hope. Lifting Hope is about the book, Memoirs of a Suicide, a book that has come to life in 1954. That's when the first wrap-up came about. The second one in the second edition, 1956, with the help of Leon Denis. The medium, the renowned Yvonne Pereira. She suffered much in her life, and yet she fulfilled one of the most beautiful missions. She dedicated her life helping others. She forgot about herself. And when we say she forgot about herself, she didn't measure the efforts to bring books like this to life. And the spirit author is Camilo Castelo Branco. His pseudonym, Camilo Botelho. Mm -hmm. And he was renowned in the Portuguese literature. He wrote more than 200 books and he discarnated through suicide because he became blind and didn't understand the point of living a life in blindness in his age. He couldn't understand it. He shot his ear and discarnated. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is unfortunately the pathway, a pathway that is sad, filled with pains, sorrows. Of all the chapters in the book, time and again, the spirits tell us about how hard it is after committing suicide. There's no end. Life goes on. And the anguishes only increase. The reparation is going to take hundreds of years, 100, 200, 300 years because of the implications of it all in the lives of so many. So, this talks about personal responsibility. This book lifts our hopes. Why? Because it reminds us that for every action we take, there is a reaction, but a reaction that will also affect everyone connected to us. As Joana de Angelis says in her book, Happy Life, through Divaldo Franco, suicide. Suicide has consequences. We need to know that we, we ourselves, influence people. Do you know about your influence in people's lives? Sometimes we're so short-sighted. We think what we do, what we say, is limited. People don't see us. They don't think about us. Impossible. There are always some people, some in two realms, who keep a close attention to us. And if we don't watch out, we'll be co-responsible for what happens into their lives as well. Welcome to Kardec Radio. I can see lots of friends. Some of them here. I can see John the Rose. I can see Rosalind Rose, Nora Brasil, Tony Torres, Sunshine, Rihanna, Carol Correa, Teresa Castro. Thank you, friends, for joining us. My system is still uploading. But let me see in my other let me see here aha uh -huh. ellen swift first time watching live welcome ellen i hope you like it tell us if you find big difference okay because on demand is also a choice of course right so welcome friends and feel free to ask questions make your comments thank you john rosa for being so kind so are you ready Yes, you are. I see Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Hello, Daisy. What a joy, friends. I'm, I'm just saying hi, why? Because we're preparing ourselves. This chapter today is filled with hope, but it's one of the most instructive chapters 
All of the book is very comprehensive in instructions about life, prevention, and also remedies. It's not only about suicide, it's about life. And especially this chapter talks about inner balance, mental balance, and what we need to do. But you need to hold on because there are lots of information we would like to share with you because it's important. Of course, we're not going to read the whole book, but I've selected certain excerpts to read to you. We make comments and you need to buckle up because it is strong. Ready, Raquel Bakeshi? Yes? Okay, let us go. When we go to chapter 10, which is part two of this book, remember our dear Camilo is bringing us to a journey when they were visiting the different sectors of the hospital, Mary of Nazareth, where these suicidal spirits are brought in. In the previous chapter, we were in a specific chapter, the Watchtower. Beautiful. We learned about moral therapy and mainly we reminded ourselves that we are on earth to become humans. Our goal is not to become angels because we don't know what angel is about. Jesus didn't come to exemplify angelitude. That is real humanity. Says Emmanuel in his book, Living Spring, real humanity. He came here to teach us to be real human beings. Because this far, we've been mostly animals. When science says we're still in the animal kingdom, they are right. We're very instinctive. But once we are in the human level, we gain consciousness. We gain, we gain free will and the capacity of language to the level of words. Thus, responsibility, as Andre Luis says in the book Evolution into Worlds, to us. Once we gain words, we become responsible. So, to be humans, we need to get off of the reactivity chain. Ah, some people say, I'm only going to be happy when people do this, when this happens. This is reactivity. You'll be happy just because. That's your choice. If the world is not, you choose to be happy. You choose to be patient, but everybody's so scared of this. But I am not. People are talking about the coronavirus. It's your choice to be scared. Do you believe in God or not? Do you believe that only those who need to be sick will be sick? How can we help them by entering the emotional contagion? No. I can't be happy, happy condition to X, Y, Z things. So that's what we're talking about in this chapter too. This chapter is about a sector in the hospital, the mental ward. Want to know more about it? So let us see what this is about, okay? Let me read it for you. Hello, Aline. Big hug to you. The mental ward. It begins with a quote from Jesus. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better to enter heaven crippled or lame than to be thrown into the unquenchable fire with both of your hands and feet. Jesus. And I say this because it's hard to hear that. But... Why is he saying this? Let's see in the chapter. They enter the magnificent gates of the mental ward. They are open, wild, and they are treated like guests of honor. And remember, they are suicide spirits too. The beauty of this book, it shows to us that just like Jesus taught us, these, the servants of the Legion of Mother Mary, they have this ethical code, moral code to be kind. They are loving. They are not judgmental. They treat you for what you are, not for what you've done. You are treated be as a child of God. You see, Camilo is learning and he's sharing. He's allowed to write a book to share with us. 
Do you think suicidal spirits will be doomed to hell? This book proves us wrong. That doesn't mean we should go for that route because it shows to us suffering mounts and it's intensified after suicide. But there is always a way out, but it's going to take a while. The resistance for hours, days, months, years, we will pay off. We'll pay off. In the reverse, if we don't resist, if we quit, we will postpone the relief for hundreds of years. Okay? So they entered this mental ward and... As indicated by its name, the mental ward house spirits whose mental state had been enormously affected by the repercussions of their suicide, thus keeping them from thinking rationally. The director of the ward was a former psychist from ancient India, but he also lived a life as Christian. That's the beauty of this book. It shows religions commonalities throughout the Hindu doctors who are abiding to Jesus, the Christ consciousness. So beautiful, the integration of spirituality here. And the, this director's name is John. Okay, that's as easy as is. They call him Brother John. And they describe him as very loving, venerable, um, but he has all these Hindu um, features, okay? He has a beautiful vibration. And he kindly and attentively looks to Camilo and others and says, Before we address any topic of interest, I must assure you that my beloved patients are harmless. Their mental state is abnormal due to their suffering, but they are not going to hurt anybody. And they have been ill. And, but they are there because they are seriously ill. The effects of the suicide have affected them so deeply that sometimes they are unconscious, Sometimes they are just having nightmares. You see more of the description. Okay. So, they were asking Bilarmino, Camilo, what's going to happen to them, right? They say that these spirits... They are in such disharmony mentally that if they are close to incarnates, it would either push these incarnates to suicide or to serious illnesses. And if they were close to children, they would also be very harmful, not because they wanted to, just by being close because of their negative, deeply lethal mental vibrations. Put a pause here because, as Jesus said, we need to feel the scriptures. Think about it. Do you have lethal thoughts? Vanessa, what is a lethal thought? Thoughts that are so deeply negative, they become killing thoughts. Wrath, hatred, jealousy, spite envy, etc., etc., to levels in which they can be deeply harmful. So they are asking, how come can this happen? A child can be influenced by these factors. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they say, mm -mm. but the same law under which any of those possibilities occur has also granted human beings effective ways of defending themselves. Because if you ask, how can I protect myself from being surrounded by people or discarnates 
who have these little thoughts? And the answer is, aha, Brother John says, by mental cleansing. Oh, did you knew the technique? Mental cleansing? Write it down. That's a technique. Mental cleansing. You take a shower every day, right? Do you also take a mental shower? That's what he's talking about. Mental cleansing, mental cleansing, mental cleansing. We're repeating because effort, repetition, make the equation of learning come true. Mental cleansing. By mental cleansing, by readjusting the sentiments to the practice of the true good, and by fulfilling one's duty, by means of harmonious vibrations originating from the communion of the mind with the light radiating from on high in nuances of beneficence for those who seek it. That is how incarnates can immunize themselves against such contagion, much in the same way that they immunize themselves against contagious diseases with prophylactic substances made for the physical body. This is vaccines. If the case entails a psychical virus, the antidote will, of course, be analogous, composed of opposite energies that are also psychical. On our part, since the law that governs the invisible world entails an ongoing decree that calamities of such extent are to be avoided as far as possible, we use every effort to do so. It is our sacred duty to keep incarnates in general and children in particular from accidents of this nature. Unfortunately, we are not always well understood and aided in our endeavors. You see, so the good spirits, they protect you and I and our children. But sometimes we don't help them. How so? Because incarnates willingly adopt impious and completely careless attitudes to open themselves up to such possibilities, which, as we have stated, are not the norm, but can and do happen. For those who have given in to a discarnate entity's barrage, the resultant maladies are the consequence of being unmindful, of the debasement of customs and sentiments, of the heap of inappropriate mental attitudes, and of remaining alienated from the idea of God, forgetting that the idea of God is the unfading resource that furnishes elements that are indispensable for one's well-being and victory in every area of one's life. Stop. You see how our world is falling behind? We have come to a day and age, especially in the US, in which our bills say, in God we trust, but you cannot talk about God in the schools. You cannot pray at work in front of everybody. We understand about respecting people's individualities, etc. But it's distorted because, okay, if you don't want to pray, I do want to pray. I'm not imposing, but I want to do it myself. Yes, we need to protect people's freedom. But what about the freedom of believing in God? That has been cut. That's serious. It's so serious that Brother João or John is saying, that the idea of God is the unfading resource that furnishes elements that are indispensable for one's well-being and victory in every area of one's life. If you go to a business meeting, imagine that day you go to a business meeting and people say, we ask God just like that, that God inspire us to do our best at this moment. It's going to change the course of events. Because we're going to put God first. I'm not going to say mere words. 
we're really talking about what Emmanuel says in a book that is not translated yet, named O Consolador. He says, one day, we're going to bring these concepts to all businesses, to all schools, to organizations where God will come first and we'll do things devoting ourselves to God. God is the boss of all bosses. Huh? Imagine when we truly feel that way. So, for us here, right? <clears throat> yes, Melissa, moral code of treating others by the way. Yeah, and not. It's amazing. Mental hygiene is very important. Thank you for writing it out, Melissa. We need to emphasize it. Mental hygiene is so important. And he says here, mental hygiene in a way in which we focus on the good because we are not going to cleanse ourselves if not with the soap of the good. It's like, ah, I am like seeking the good, visualizing the good, molding the good. It's almost as if we're taking a shower and molding the good with all the resources I have attained. Right? The cleansing, the good, the good. That person, but they are children of God. That person, I'm not afraid because that person is created by God. That person has the divine seed within, like myself. I'm not more than the other. Blessed are the poor in spirit. We, need, we can't think that we're above other people. Many spiritual people feel above other people. And that's bad. Because that's ego. Mm-mm. We can't. It's a tendency that we have. But we need to manage it. We need to transform it. And say, you know what? Look at Saul of Tarsus. Even the disciples who were like BFFs with Jesus, they didn't do what Paul of Tarsus did. For Jesus, it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what you choose to do now projecting yourself to the future spend time like harvard business review had an article today talking about this which is very spiritual very wise project yourself better because if you only keep yourself in the duty things of everyday life how are we going to progress if we depend on the projection of the mind to boost ourselves forward, right? All right, so the power of affirmations, all right. Okay, so let us move forward, okay? All right, moving forward. The warnings people need in order to avoid not only these ominous results, but also the other torments that might strike them during their earthly evolutionary experience are found in the admonishments of their own conscience. Conscience is the spokesperson for the rules of to follow. It shows people that the practice of duty is the protection against any and every defeat that might threaten them in earthly society as well as in spirit world society. Did you hear that? Duty. If we practice fulfilling our duties. But what do we do often? We skip. Parents who are like, oh, I'm so tired. Find a babysitter. Call your mom. Call your dad. And you don't want to trim your life around. And you talk to your children, they want you. Yes, we're going to make sacrifices, I tell you that. Sometimes postpone your career. And people telling you, oh my gosh, and the fear, you're going to get older. How are you going to get back? I believe in God. Do you? I do. This mission is prioritized. You think you can do it all? That's pride. I can't. We have to prioritize something. 
we can even multitask, but we'll be able to focus on one thing primarily, and children come first. Grandparents, they don't want to trim their lives towards helping their grandchildren. They're like, oh, I've done my share. I'm tired. I know a grandmother whom to date, she leaves everything to help her children, her grandchildren. It's unbelievable. She's in the 90s and I've never heard a word coming from her mouth saying, I need to think of me first. I'm so tired. If you ask her, please come here, help me out, or are you in need? Sometimes you don't even need to say it. She comes. She stays there. Unbelievable. And quiet, harmonious, balanced, very peaceful. It's amazing. We need to learn that, the practice of duty, which is the protection against any and every defeat that may threaten us in our earthly life and in the spiritual world. So assessment question for us in the next 24 hours, because this chapter, it's going to tell us about this. When we escape fulfilling our duties, we imbalance our minds. So to stay strong, be dutiful, be dutiful with the heart, okay? So the, the robot that feels everything and is dutiful, that's how what we need to do. Be dutiful, be dutiful, but dutiful with the heart. Jack Kornfield wrote a beautiful article, I think it was yesterday talking about perfection, and he says something so wise. I'm going to say it in my own words, but I remember one expression he shared that is so beautiful and truthful. He said, it's not about being perfect in the little things of everyday life, but to perfect, to love, love. We need to perfect loving learning to love that's our focus that's the duty before life because god's law is the law of love it's law the duty to love okay enough with it they say these warnings make up part of the beliefs and sacred traditions that all cultures have passed down from generation to generation and they say, okay, everything that the good spirits have tried to do to awaken the attention of men and women in order to instruct them, warning them about their spiritual destinies, has been attempted by means of the new revelation. Unfortunately, human beings only respond willingly to the imperatives of the passions. They are only interested in their own personal opinions and pleasures of the moment. They would rather tend to satisfying their whims, no matter how degrading they may be, and to the demands of the selfishness that causes their undoing. That is why they so frequently disregard anything they, that could lead them to God and thus enable them to avoid misfortunes, disappointments, and horrific possibilities such as those I have just mentioned. Thus, it is not by degrading themselves daily, by yielding to the impulses of the lower passions, that they will immunize themselves against a type of evil, whose only antidote is, to found, is found in the practice of true virtues. Mamma mia, mamma mia. I know Rihanna loves to bring the quotes later. Rihanna, I'm just saying this to you because you are so hosted Cardiac Radio. This is a beautiful quote. I'm going to read it because it's so important. Brother John is talking to us. He says, all humanity, creatures forged 
from the radiant breath of the divine focal point. So poetic. Remember that you are immortal. Did you know, friends? And then death comes, we're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, death. But we need to think, it's going to happen. I saw the other day a post on Facebook when somebody posted like this. Um, it was a car and a sign saying, one day this body is going to be mine. And then the phone number. And the guy called in and it was the funeral house saying, our bodies one day will go to a coffin or something of the nature. We don't want to think about it, but it's true. Our loved ones will go through this. We need to go through it in our minds to detach and to make choices that will be immortally wonderful. That we'll have no regrets have compassion for ourselves and look at ourselves saying oh my gosh i need to work on this i need to work on this if death came today how would you be you would say oh my gosh not yet or say okay i'm ready i've done this much and i think i could do more but i think what do you think yeah there will be many things we could have done differently. But are we ready? Because death is just a transformation, gateway back home. We're spirits. We already live in the spiritual realm. We're just connected to the physical body. We're not in the physical body, but we're connected to the physical body. So death is just like freedom. As long as we don't cut it short. Mm? For many people, it's graduation. For those who push themselves to, the, to this moment before the real time, it's going to be painful. So they say here, remember that you're immortal. Ponder everything you see, touch and possess. Ponder the achievements that promote pride within you, the vanities that flatter your selfishness, the mad passions that debase your character and compromise your future, the fictions, worldly glories that hold your conceit, enslaving you to material life. All of this is doomed to pass away to vanish one day, to be destroyed by implacable fires of reality and submerged in the forgetfulness of unattainable things that cannot last in the bosom, the bosom of perfect creation. You, however, shall live forever. Forever young, I want to be and will be. Mm-hmm. Forever young, you shall be left standing to contemplate the ruins of your own illusions as you fearfully await the dawn of new victories in the future. Remember the worlds that whirl in the infinite blue, those focal points of energy and light that soothe your minds when enjoying a well-deserved rest after your daily chores. You gaze up at them, twinkling in the impenetrable depths. Remember the distant planets, which at various points of the sidereal universe have grown and progressed for millennia, carrying on their benevolent backs other humanity's siblings in constant ascension towards the eternal distributor of life. Dun, dun, dun. More, more, more. He says more, 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 more. But then you're like, oh my gosh, I want to go back to the mental world. Me too. Not we want to go there, but we want to know more about it, right? Okay. So, for the accomplishment of such glorious purpose, magnanimous heaven offered you the ideal model.
the perfect instructor capable of guiding you to your destiny, Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ of God. Love him. That's, let's listen to this. Love him, follow him, emulate him. And you reach the kingdom of the Father Almighty. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Why is it important to have a model? Because we were built to imitate other people. So we need to choose a model. I think all parents should teach their children to choose models. Often they choose us as parents. So responsibility mounts. But later in life, they're going to find others. They need to choose. They better choose the top of them all. Jesus. And to choose it, we need to present it to them. So I would recommend to you, if you have a child in your home that you're caring for, you know how you do the God at home with your children? I'll tell you how. Make it interesting. That's how I do it with Virginia, Carlos and I. We sit down, do a prayer, put three little cups of water, and then we turn on the TV. Go to Amazon Prime or Netflix or YouTube and find a video that has moral virtues, usually related to Jesus, Bible passages. There's so many. There's super book. There's so many beautiful videos out there. And then you show they're short. They watch it. After watching it, we can talk about it or draw about it, do a menu activity. I would say 30 minutes suffices. At the end, they can say the prayer. You can say the prayer. You can do it together and then drink the cup of water and that's it. It's fun. It's worthwhile. And we are sharing with them the beauty of this model who granted us the opportunity to perfect ourselves. Perfect our love, as Jack Cornfield said. Right? Easy breezy. You don't need to go through. You're not going to read the gospel according to spiritism for little children. They're going to be bored to death and they're not going to understand anything. These are big words. I used to read to Virginia when she was a baby. Because when they are babies, they listen and that's it. That's the best time to read these books to them. When they are babies. Mentor Joseph used to say, you're breastfeeding, read the gospel out loud. Because she is being nourished twice, spirit and matter. So I used to read and read. And of course, they bring their luggage of wisdom. And then we reinforce, we add up. But when they're babies, it's much easier. But some parents don't do this because they think, oh, they don't understand. They do. They're immortal beings. And their brains are so plastic. That's the best time for us to insert these beautiful things. And keep those synapses there. Beautiful, strong. God is everything. No matter if they go to school, nobody talks about God, but they know that God exists. You talk to them about God. They come and you ask, Virginia, have you prayed to God when you're in school having your lunch? Uh, in my mind. Good. Even if you say, God, thank you. Jesus, thank you. In your mind, that suffices. These are tools. To allow ourselves to nourish ourselves better. Right? In two realms. Right? We often forget, Melissa, that we are immortal. Sunshine is reminding us in the book Thought and Life by the Emmanuel, there's a chapter about duty. Duty is a series of activities in the arena of goodness. Thank you, Sunshine. And Rihanna, thank you. It's so beautiful what they say. Hey, Brother John, right? Yes. Now, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So then, who is ready to listen to it with reverence and to accept the sublime invitations that heaven is sending through it? Who? You know who is ready? The offspring of misfortune, mostly. Those whose souls smitten by supreme disillusion, disillusionment with the world have received consolation in the celestial truths 
revealed by the New Revelation's priceless teachings, the kindly idealists whose sensitive and humble souls are enamored of the good and the beautiful, the thinking minds uncontaminated by incomprehensible theories originating fallible personal opinions, minds whose mental impulses have broken through earthly barriers in their uncontainable and generous longing to find affinity with the harmonious vibrations radiating from the perfect. And he keeps telling it, talks about it. And then they visit. Would you like to see more? He walked over to a balcony. There was a large courtyard, graceful shrubs adorning the landscape, artistic benches decorating the narrow paths. Brother João invited us out on the balcony, which stood about a meter above the courtyard and continued. Those strange figures you see from here have come like you from the Valley of Suicides. While you guys have recovered enough serenity to make an attempt at hopeful future, these poor brothers have managed to disentangle themselves from the exasperation that hounded them, only to fall into this state of apathy which shows that their moral level and their responsibility for their suicides are quite different from yours. They are dazed and numbed by terribly shocking impressions that are for now insuperable. They cannot think as one would hope a discarnate spirit would think. They cannot reflect and make sense of things. They only understand what goes around them as if they were seeing reality from the bottom of a sarcophagus. Here in this lonely narrow courtyard which the eternal mercy of the Lord of all things has permitted to endow with comfort and a pleasant environment is where many spirits who were illustrious figures on earth who had eloquent obituaries pompous funerals. They possess the finest things on earth, but morally, they were miserable. They had forgotten that not everything in the infinite university, universe is focused on pleasure and luxury. That a high social position or material wealth is not always a guarantee for those who used it for their doing wrong. So I'm going to open a parenthesis here, and that's critical. He says luxury and pleasure. When I see people who use social media and say they're spiritists or spiritualists, spiritual beings, Christians, very religious, and they are in a restaurant taking pictures of their food, they are in their vacation showing the fun that they are having, Sincerely, I don't think it's charitable because that's a lot of vanity, a lot of ego. And if they really know humanity, majority of people are suffering. They cannot experience that. I can. So I'm not bothered. But I know how many people daily come to me feeling distraught because friends are showing how wonderful their days have been. In 365 days, maybe a week of vacation. But then show me your everyday. Show me how you're doing at work. Show us how you're doing in your family when you have to take your children. You know, when you have children, you know, the most critical hours, morning, when they have to go to school. It's very distressing for many parents, especially if they have many children. And second is when they have to go to bed. From 5, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. is the peak of stress. Parents are tired. Children are tired. And they, there's dinner, bath, homework, everything. And 
you're preparing yourself for next day. And then there are people who are there showing pictures of their vanities, pleasures, luxury. Are they helping people? No, tell me. Do you think they're helping people? I don't think so. I think they're creating problems for people. But Vanessa, no, you can take a picture of the landscape. But where you eat, unless you're a food critic. But what's the point? There are people who do not have food. And I know even people in critical places, I've met them, who come from very low socioeconomic levels. They have Facebook, social media, but they don't have the means that you may have. And then you, they're connected to you. They may. And then you publish things and they're going to think, oh my gosh. This is not judgment. We just need to see what the spirits are saying. We'll be co-responsible for the imbalance we create in people's lives. So that's why it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is making me happy. Jesus never said, you know, guys, before I reincarnate, I incarnated here. You cannot believe where I've been. I had such a meeting, a blast, a meeting with pure spirits. It was so beautiful. You have no idea. You guys are here. There will be internet, phone, cars. Jesus never incited envy on us. Chico Xavier never, ever he talked about the beauties, but never said, you know, yesterday I had meeting with XYZ spirits. He never disclosed that to that level. Never bragged about his pleasures in life. So we need to be more coherent. Not to imbalance other people's minds or ours. He's saying, a high social, they forgotten that a high social position in material, or material wealth is not always a guarantee for those who use it for doing wrong and that the practice of abomination or thoughtlessness of immortality together with the odious attitude of self-centeredness, ego, are not going to remain unpunished forever. These are the proud and the sensual who thought they could abuse their physical bodies in fragrant disregard for customs, customs, satiating their senses with a thousand deleterious pleasures. But they knew they were harming their health and would end up in the grave before the opportunity time, the opportune time for sinning the codes of creation. They were warned about this by the healthcare providers they consulted when their many excesses brought organic maladies to their physical bodies. It was just a matter of time unless they tempered their ways. Mm -hmm. How many people go to doctors? The doctors say, you can do this, you shouldn't do that, but then we do it. Suicide. Every one of them knew it, yet they continued practicing this crime against themselves. They could feel the depressing effects of their noxious vice on their physical structure. Yet they continued without making the least attempt to change their ways. Consequently, they killed themselves slowly, consciously, fully aware of what they were doing because they had plenty of time to reflect on it. Obsessed by their vice addictions, they committed cold and degrading suicide, knowing that they were torturing themselves and disrespecting the priceless gift they received from the Eternal One, the physical body that offered them a new opportunity. You see, my friends, that many of them wanted to forget their misfortunes by numbing their brains with alcohol. He's talking about people who became mentally ill committed suicide slowly by drinking alcohol. That inconsolable and beset by irremediable 
troubles they sought final consolation in drunkenness, which they thought might just give them a break from their suffering. But such imagined relief is just a sophism that is characteristic of obstinate rebelliousness because the invitation for relief from the sufferings that afflict and dog humanity, dodge humanity, has been resonating throughout the world for the last two millennia. All people have none, Jesus, whether in a physical body or during their stay in the visible, invisible. Therefore, somewhere on the earth or in the spiritual homeland, these poor wretches, wretches most certainly had the opportunity to hear Jesus say, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Pause. He's talking about drinking. How many people do it? Many. I agree that our days were so tired, overwhelmed, frustrated. But what do we do? Pray. Pray. Let us pray. We pray. You see the consolation of a prayer. Take a shower and pray in the shower. And lay down. Put a visualization, the virtual passes. Listen to Louise Hayes' affirmations, meditations. Feel the caress of the good spirits. They are right there. But do not allow yourself to be trashed out. Do not. Tell your friends. Alcohol dehydrates cells, friends. There is no, no plus in drinking. But when it's just a little. There's no little. If you kill one cell, it's suicide. Two cells, three cells. I understand we may have done it in the past, but the past is in the past. Let it go, let it go. The present is important. What we've done in the past, we cannot change. Oh, but what's going to happen? I don't know. What happens now is important. The choice of today. We need help in the spiritual realm. If we just make one little effort, the 99% of it, is done by the good spirits who say, yes, we're here. Go, 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 go. Just resist. Go, 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 go. Do the good, do the good, do the good, do the good. Hmm? Be on the lookout for this new sort. Cocaine users, lovers of opium and narcotics in general, addicts that succumbed to the ultimate state of decadence. They are in a lamentable state of vibrational depression. They are the true mental cases of the spirit world. They are morally, mentally, and spiritually wretched because their monstrous vices not only drained and killed their physical body, but extended the dreadful consequences of their ab abominable intemperance to their astral body contaminating it with impurities and pestiferous influences that polluted it atrociously. Never I dare to degrade it by committing such grievous wrongs. This was 1954 when the book was first published. So current. Nowadays there are people pushing to opening wild, wide, the opportunity to use pot. It's just insanity. It's insanity because neuroscience shows to us that smoking pot may push you to mental imbalances. It changes your neurochemistry. Don't do it. And I'll open one more thing. Nowadays, some people cannot sleep. They go take melatonin. Don't do it. And I'll tell you why. If you don't have a doctor prescribing it to you, don't do it. Because it's going to change your neurochemistry in the long run. 
you're going to have lots of issues. Don't change what God has given to you by yourself. You know, respect the fact that there are specialists. Find them. Find the help. There are so many alternatives in homeopathy, herbal medicine, acupuncture, spiritual treatments. You don't need to go and abuse the body with these types of addictions. Mm -hmm. We have to be very careful. Very, very careful. Any type of pain, any type, and people take Advil PM to go to sleep. It's bad. It shows that if you take Advil, like ibuprofen, ibuprofen, I will say, Every day, every day, it increases the risk of stroke, etc. So I'm not going to say you don't take it. Take it when you need it. But you can't take it to go to sleep because it helps you sleep unless you have pain. And listen to the doctors. Self-prescribing is never good. Unless it's something that is very natural. And even the natural ones, you need to to know precisely what you're doing. That's what they're saying. We are responsible for what we're doing to our physical bodies. We're going to have to stop today and continue tomorrow in this beautiful chapter. But what is our task today, right? The mental hygiene. Shall we practice it in the next 24 hours? Let us practice mental hygiene. How do you do it? You know, there is a program on Netflix named The Universe. Many others were that are similar. But this one is so beautiful. When we start watching the cosmos, the stars, the planets, it brings us a new perspective in life about who we are in this big universe. We shift from a narrow-minded feeling, thinking to an open-minded one. And then we can start visualizing one of those stars sending rays of light onto us and bringing us a shower of relief and serenity. Washing away unwanted feelings and thoughts. Visualize it. The brain believes anything you think. It's real. Science shows to us. The brain believes what you want it to believe. If you are in the hospital thinking you are at the beach, you are. If you are in the beach thinking that you are in prison, you'll be in a prison. Though your physical body is at the beach. Paradoxical, huh? but true. Very true. So... That's the exercise, mental hygiene, mental cleansing. By visualizing a shower of healing light or visualizing a beautiful landscape, visualizing Jesus embracing you, Mother Mary, whatever you do, it's going to be very beneficial to the substitution of the bad thoughts and feelings into good ones, okay? That's what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah, mood stabilizers, right? Sleeping pills. Yeah. yeah, you're right. People have to be careful, right, Brianna? It's very, very dangerous. As a neuroscientist myself, I tell people, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I would take chamomile tea. I would find homeopathic doctors, acupuncturists, etc. But I, I wouldn't go there if a doctor hasn't prescribed and if the doctors prescribe you always have a second opinion okay because the body is yours and you need to take very good care of it we're learning it right we're learning we're gonna get there right are you ready to pray with us let us wrap up the program by for ourselves but mostly let us unite our forces to pray for these suicidal spirits, whatever they are on earth. 
because Mother Mary has her legion of servants helping throughout the planet. Now you and I can join forces right now, whether live on demand or on demand, to pray for them. You want to do it? Yes. So let us pray. It's an exercise of the heart. Okay? It's very important to practice selflessness in our prayers. Because usually we pray for us. But what about me? And uh, now it's going to be about the suicidal spirits. Okay? But when we pass perfume on somebody, it stays in our hands. All right? So let us do it. Let us visualize our sweet and kind Mother Mary. Would you like to meet her? You can. She's the mother of all of us on earth. That's what the spirits say. Visualize her, her loving kindness, her sweet and kind smile, her very solid maternal vibrations and her blue blanket of light. Let us visualize that she's putting this blanket on you, on me, and everybody. And now we're gonna join forces with to share this blue blanket of light that is warm and healing onto the suicidal spirits, okay? Let us visualize. In the Valley of Suicides, as Camilo Thuribon Pereira has described in previous chapters, let us visualize the many servants of Mother Mary bringing blankets of warmth, healing blue light, enveloping everyone new hope, a new beginning. Dear Mother Mary, there's so much to be done, you know better than us. We're just awakening into this and we feel for those who didn't know any better. We pray for them that they are rescued, that they are embraced in your love. We pray that love and only love envelops all of them. And we visualize rays of healing blue light being showered upon everyone. Hope and the joy of living. Thank you so much for inviting us to learn with you and one day to serve in your legion. Who knows? God willing, we'll be able to be there. Meanwhile, we would like that people who are incarnated right now thinking of suicide, feel your loving embrace and hear the sweet words from you saying, this shall pass, this shall pass, my child, this shall pass. Raise your thoughts to God, resist because this shall pass. Thank you, God, for your warm 
method of loving us, educating us. May we stay under this inspiration, working on our mental hygiene to be more helpful. And so be it. La da, la da, 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 da. Thank you, friends. Thank you so much for being here, Kardec Radio. Tomorrow, when we come back, we're going to study the second part of this chapter. We're not in a rush. There's so much to learn for us and for others. Okay? Thank you. Stay tuned. Kardec Radio is always here nourishing your soul. Nourishing my soul, our souls. Always here lifting hope at Kardec Radio. A kiss and a hug until tomorrow, God willing.